Um, all right, let's get into God's Word. We're going to be in Proverbs. We're going to be in Luke 22. We're going to be kind of everywhere here this morning. But um, Proverbs 4, uh, 25 through 27, it says, Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn from the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you again for this opportunity. We thank you for this word, your word this morning. We thank you for all that you're going to do in this church. And we just give you permission, God, to just move mightily. We pray that your Holy Spirit would fall in this place, Lord God. And again, I just thank you for John and Gina. And and I thank you for the reads. And I just pray that you would just continue to move in, in, in their lives and in our lives here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So talking about paths, we're talking about, you know, uh, the path that we're on. You know, life is a journey. Life's like a journey. And the choices that we make lead us to where we are today. Um, I, like to, uh, I like to dabble in trapping a little bit. I like to hunt. I like to fish. I'm not very good at any of it, but I like to do it. You know, and I'll admit that. I, I like to just get out there and try to be, at, you know, I love just the experience. And as I'm in, in the woods, as I'm trying to catch these animals or, or hunt these deer or, or grouse or whatever, I notice things in the woods. I notice these trails. There's trails in the woods constantly. When these animals are moving throughout the forest, what are they doing? They're leaving trails. And they take these trails over and over and over and over again. And I want you guys to think of a, like a grizzly bear, right? Think of a grizzly bear walking down to that river to capture and to catch those salmon. Each and every day, they walk back and forth, back and forth on that path. And you just think of that, and I can see it in my mind. I couldn't find a picture of it exactly, but your imagination is better than any picture on the internet. But just imagine that deep, big, wide, deep grizzly bear path going down to that river that's just been beaten down. Think of that beaten path, you know? That's what I want to talk about this morning, just that path and, you know, uh, think of, uh, um, you know, if, if you're going to be a successful deer hunter, a successful deer hunter will set himself off of this a, a deer trail or a deer path, and he'll set up a ground blind, he'll set up a, a deer stand in between where that deer is traveling, from their feed pile to where they're going to sleep for the night. And if, if you set yourself up downwind, they're going to be on that path at some time of that, hopefully that day. And hopefully they're not traveling at night, but, you know, and there's a, there's a good opportunity if you, if you set up at that path, you, you're going to see some action. You're going to see, you know, and trapping is the same way. When you're trapping, you're looking for trails. You're looking for sign, where they're moving, what they're doing, where they're eating, where they're going. And those trails indicate where they've been. And it's the same thing with our walk with God. Our trails indicate where we've been. Where's our trail taking us? What, what trail are we on right now? Is it in the direction in which God is, is going? Is, it, is, it, is the path that we're on closer, drawing us closer to Christ, or are we, are we kind of stuck in a ditch? You know, the Bible talks about that a lot. He says to, you know, it says, don't turn from the left or the right, or remove your, and it says to remove your foot from evil. Sometimes, you know, people get lost. You get, you get, set up where you're, you're, you're not on the right path. You're going the wrong way. You're lost. I've, there was a time 
uh, a fellow trapper told me a story once, and he said that he was in the woods with his four-wheeler, deep in the woods, way up north. I mean, and, and miles and miles traveling in a, with a four-wheeler. Four-wheeler broke down, no flashlight, and he's on his, it's pitch black, and he's trying to work his way back to his truck. And he's on his hands and knees, groping for the trail, for that, indi- you know, that four-wheeler rut, that in- indentation in the forest floor, to stay on the path, to get back to his truck. And finally, after hours of cr- literally crawling, and you know, just think of those dark nights in the woods, and it's just pitch black, and this guy, I'm like, how the heck did you do that? I think I would have you know, spooned my four-wheeler and just waited for, for the next day, but he didn't. But, but he, got, he got caught. He, got, he was lost. And it was scary. And that's, it's, it's like our walk with God can get like that. We can find ourselves sidetracked in darkness and, and just not have the right tools we need to get back. But I'm telling you, this morning, there's a God that's real and he can get us and keep us on the path that, that he needs us on. Uh, Todd, I got a picture of a wolf, a wolf pack. Todd will pull it up there for us, and we'll, this will be the last animal in illustration. Um, I saw this on Facebook the other day, and I thought it was cool. There's a wolf pack. Now, the three wolves in the front are the oldest. Those are the oldest wolves, and those next five are the strongest, right? And the ones, and, and, and the five in the back, those guys are also really super strong, right? The ones in the middle... The ones in the middle are, are the, the, the females and the smaller pups and, and the weaker, the weaker uh, wolves. And, and as they're trapped, I just think it's cool that, you know, that they're, you know, we're allowing, and that's, that's what happens in our walk sometimes too. We need to find, we need to find people that are kind of ahead of us, the older, the older wolf, the older, stronger Christian that can lead us you know, at a pace that's appropriate and just show us the way, you know, because sometimes we're so guilty of, um, of just kind of doing things on our own. We're just so quick at it. And, and I just want to encourage you guys to find somebody that's farther down the path that has a little bit more experience than you in, in, their, in their relationship with God and just start picking their brain. Take them out to coffee. Get to know them. Start a Bible study. You know, and Pat, uh, Dave... Dave Kempchen always says before he starts his Bible study, let us reason together, you know? You know, as iron sharpens iron. And I'm telling you, last night and the night before, just us guys sitting around a fire as the kids played in the woods and flashlight tag and all that, I had so much, the fellowship around that fire was so deep. It was just like, man, I miss this. I miss, I, I mean, it was like, I didn't, want to, I didn't want to leave last night, but I'm like, I got to get here in the morning and take a shower and do all this stuff. I didn't want to leave because that it was so rich. And then the guy in the back, the guy in the back, that's, that's the big dog. That's the leader. And look where he's at. He's making sure everybody's, everything's taken care of. Everybody's on the trail, everything, you know, nobody's getting lost, nobody's getting distracted. That guy in the back, that's our pastor. That's Pastor Micah. He's making sure. He's, and, that, and that was Pastor John back in the day, too. But that guy, you know, and, and he, they're making sure. And I, I would, I, anytime, anytime you guys need something, you get yourself in a pinch, don't, be, don't hesitate to call him. You know, hey, I'm lost, I'm stuck, I'm struggling. 
Call me, call, reach out, find somebody, right? To get you guys squared away. All right. Todd, you can take that picture down. Um, Jesus says to follow him. And Jesus, he's walking down the beach one day. And uh, it's, it's in Matthew 4, uh, 18 through 20. He says, uh, and Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, uh, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And Im- then immediately their nets, they, immediately they left their nets and followed him. And that's, you know, Jesus has called you. And I just think that's so powerful. Like, they're just, I can't imagine like Jesus walking through Mintac Mine and he'd be walking past my shovel position and just say, follow me. And I would put the bucket on the ground, set the brakes, drop the ladder, and follow Jesus. You know, that's just, but that, that's how it happened. They dropped their lives. They literally just dropped everything and just started following him. Matthew 7, 13, and 14, it says, uh, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many uh, who go on it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Uh, Jesus says that uh, a narrow gate leads to, leads to a hard road. Uh, one that will take us through hardships and difficult decisions. Following Jesus requires crucifying our flesh, living by faith, and enduring trials with Christ-like patience. That's easy to say, but that's really hard to do. Sometimes we find ourselves in those situations where we just have to be patient. We have to live by faith. We have to crucify the flesh. Those things are difficult to do. But as we do it, the more, the more we do it, and as we surround people around ourselves with, with true, authentic fellowship, you know, we, we become stronger in that. And it's, you know, but temptation is real. This stuff is real. And it's hard. And living a lifestyle separate from the world isn't easy. But God has called us to that. You know, he says, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. Um, we all struggle on this, <clears throat> with this on our journey. And when we give in uh, to these, these things during these trials and temptations, we find ourselves, again, off the path, like my buddy that was uh, stuck in the woods trapping. Uh, there's a story in Luke, Luke 22. And I, as I was reading this, I, I was really, you know, the, the four Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament, are, are, they're similar. There's, there's stories in there, but if you read every, every certain story in every book, they each got their little nuggets in there. And there's things that are said in some books and not in others. And I just want to encourage you that it's just, just go through that and find these little things. And I found a couple things in Luke, and I've got to tell you, his Luke's rendition of um, of the Last Supper to me is just spot on. It's, I mean, there's a few things that big things that aren't in there, but there's like little details that I caught and picked up on that I just want to kind of highlight this morning. Um, it says in Luke uh, 22 uh, 4 through Luke 22:54. It says, having arrested him. Uh, they led him and brought him to the high priest's house, but Peter followed at a distance. That caught my eye. Peter followed at a distance. Uh, you know, 
and the, you know, it says basically what happened was just to give you guys an idea. There, and you know, you all know the story. Jesus is set. He's in this big room. All his disciples are around him. The Last Supper, right? He, he, you know, he's he's basically setting up his guys to say, hey, you know, I'm not going to be with you forever. I've been talking about this, and it's getting close. And I just want to let you know, you know, these next couple days, it's going to be kind of tough. And he's trying to set them up mentally that, you know, there's going to be some trouble. There's there's some stuff coming, you know. And uh, and he says, he basically says to Peter, Peter, you know, Peter, Satan wants to sift you, you know. And Peter throws his chest up and says, hey, I'll go to jail for you, Jesus. I'll die for you, you know. And he's, he's doing all this I'll never leave you, you know, I'm, I'm the man, you know, Peter kind of, and then Jesus calls him out, he says, you know, before the rooster crows this morning, you will deny me three times, and, uh, and, and Peter did that, it all happened, Jesus predicted it, in, in Luke, in, in Luke 22, it says that, uh, that basically, you know, Peter, Denied him three times. He was around this fire there outside the priest's house, and 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 a servant girl is coming up to him and saying, "Hey, aren't you weren't you one of the ones with Jesus?" And he denied him three times. And then there's a there's a place uh, there's a place in Scripture where Jesus and Peter make eye contact. You know, the rooster crows, and Jesus is he's captured. And he makes eye contact with Peter. And then the Bible says that Peter went out and, and, and wept bitterly, you know. And he got, Peter got sidetracked, you know. He got sidetracked. Uh, Jesus, he led by example. Um, Jesus was the word, the word that became flesh. He followed, you know, you think of, you know, Jesus was constantly saying, you know, I, I, I do the will of my father. I do the will of my father. And we need to be doing, saying the same thing. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm going to do the will of God. I want to do the will of Jesus. Lord, have your will in my life, right? We constantly pray that in our lives. And uh, it, it's one of those things where it's kind of interesting. It, it, do you know anybody that their kids are doing what their dad did? Like, it's interesting. Like, Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, was a carpenter. And what was Jesus? He became a carpenter. You know, so not only did he follow his heavenly father, you know, with his will, but he also, he also emulated what his earthly father did in front of him. And you find that a lot. You know, I know a lot of guys that I work with, they're minors, and their fathers were minors, and their grandpas were minors, and we see it in, in all walks of life, right? You guys know people that they're like, they're doing this, they're mechanics because their dad was a mechanic, and they work with their dad in the garage. You know what I'm talking about? They're emulating uh, basically what, what they've seen their whole life. Jesus followed his father and we need to follow Jesus. Um, Paul said, Paul said, the apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. And the question here is, can we say that? Paul's basically saying, hey, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Do we have the, are, is our walk like that where we can say, hey, Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we need to, if we're not, we need to get to that place where we're living such a godly example that we're not ashamed to allow people in every aspect of our life and just say, yeah, hey, this is how we're doing it. And this is really working. 
Um, there's a thing in business called best practices. Um, it's where a small or a new business would do, uh, basically like a smaller new business would do what a successful business are doing and they would emulate that or imitate that. Like say you you find a business that is just killing it and, and you get, you're ready to start up a business not in the same area but close, you know, and you're like, hey, what is it that you're doing that so well? You know, and that, that's that, that kind of idea where with the wolves in the front where we would say, hey, you know, this is this is how I've done it. This is this is the way to go. And uh, uh, like for example, if you want a healthy marriage, if you want a healthy marriage, you would find somebody that's been married 30 or 40 years, amen, and say, hey, how, how, you, how are you doing this? What, you know, what are you doing that's, that's working? How is it that you're still loving each other and holding each other for 40 years? You know, find something like that. If you want a healthy marriage, that's what you would do, right? You wouldn't go talk to somebody who's been divorced seven times, would you? No, because you want a healthy marriage. So find somebody, if you're at a place in your life and you're like, hey, I want a healthy marriage. Maybe it's, maybe it's finances. Maybe you're like, hey, I'm, you know, I got, I'm struggling week to week. I need help with my money. You know, find somebody that's, that's, that's writing out a budget every week or every month and, and, and just really doing a good job with money and, and say, hey, well, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? And they'll show you how to write up a budget. They'll show you, you know, how to, how to pay your bills or on time and, and just be consistent in that kind of stuff. Uh, fitness, it's the same thing. Fitness is the same thing. We all know what we, we need to do to, to stay healthy. And, you know, I, I look in the mirror and I, and I would say, if I could control the guy in the mirror, I would be skinny and rich, you know? But that's the thing. It's like, if you want to get in shape, find somebody that is just just a, a fitness guru guy and say, hey, what are you, how, you, know, how you, what are you eating? How are you doing this? And, and emulate that. Just kind of use that. Use their example and just and try, to, try to do that. Um, and, and it's the same thing. Find somebody strong in a strong relationship uh, with Jesus and, and hang with them. Do life with them. You know, we, we got to start, like, discipling one another. We got to start hanging out with one another. And like I shared around that fire the other night, it's like so deep. It was just rich. I mean, we laughed, we joked. It was just, it was great. It really was. And I think Matt and Chris would say the same thing. I mean, it was just, it was on another level for me. It was on another level. I was surrounded by like-minded brothers in Christ, you know, and just, just eating peanuts and drinking pop and just joking and having fun. That's what it's about. You know, that'll get me through, that'll get me through six months of tough times right there. And I know at any minute I could call any one of those guys if I was struggling with any one of these categories, my marriage or my finances or my, my health, or they would be there for me. Hey, what can I do? What can I, you know? And they, they've proven that by giving up a weekend in their summer to hang out with, with kids that, I mean, Steve doesn't even have a kid in the program. He hasn't had a kid in the program in, in years, probably 10 years. So it's incredible. It's really cool. Jesus says in Luke 22, uh, 28 and 29, it says, <clears throat> it says, but, but you are those who have continued with me. This is Jesus talking to the apostles before, at the Last Supper. They're saying, 
Jesus is kind of giving him that pep, pep talk, like, you guys continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my Father bestowed upon me, that you may eat and drink and be at my table and in my kingdom. So really, this is why we endure the trials and tribulations and hardships, um, because this is what awaits those who endure to the end. You know, it's the same thing. I mean, if we continue to stay on our path with God, our walk with God, and we're not diverted to the left or to the right, we're not distracted by the things of this world, the reward in the end is, is, is heaven. It's, it's Jesus. And Jesus blazed that path for us so that we could get to the Father. You know, Jesus became that bridge. What he did on that cross is he, he, he blazed that bridge. He made that path for us that we can walk on it. The Bible says that, that he makes our paths straight. Uh, in Proverbs, it says, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So we got to, you know, just trust in God, acknowledge him in everything that we're doing and, 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 and just live with him and stay on course and stay on track. And lastly, in Luke, uh, Luke 24, um, this story, this, this road to Emmaus, there's this road to Emmaus story that I'm not going to read it because I'm terrible at reading in public, but I'll just give you a snapshot of what it's like, but it's basically Luke 24, 13 through 32, and, and it's these two guys that they've, just to give you a snapshot, paint the picture for you, Jesus has been, Jesus has been crucified and raised from the dead, so now we're, the, the tomb has been rolled away and Jesus is out. And these guys had heard word from the girls that went to check on the tomb with the spices. Remember that? They're coming back. They hear this story. So these guys are talking about this on the road. They're talking about this on the road to Emmaus, if I'm saying it right. Am I saying it right, Ash? Is that how you say it? Emmaus. So, and they're traveling to Jerusalem. And out of nowhere, Jesus shows up. And he, he blinds their eyes so that they don't recognize him. They don't recognize his voice. They don't recognize who he is. He kind of tricks them a little bit. And he starts, he's like, hey, what's going on, guys? What are you, why are you so sad? What are you guys talking about? What's going on? And, and, why, and the guy's like, where, where did you come from? Where, what rock did you crawl under, you know? Where have you been the last week, you know? Don't you know what Jesus has been through and all of this? And, and, and he's like, oh. you know, no, I, you know, what, and then, all of a sudden, Jesus slowly starts to, uh, he slowly starts to reveal himself to you, and he starts to expand on, he starts to expand on scripture from Moses and all the prophets, and, and these guys are just starting to get lit up and lit up and lit up, and then finally, they, they basically walk seven miles. It was like, it'd be like walking from heavy to Chisholm kind of thing, and, uh, and, and, and then finally, these guys are like, we got to stop. We got to stop. We can rest. We'll stop here. And they bug Jesus. They're like, hey, rest with us. Stop with us. And Jesus says something in, in the scripture. He says, I would have gone further. Just so you guys know, I would have gone further. And that really spoke to me in a kind of a weird way. It's like when you read your Bible, sometimes there's things jump out. And, and I thought, that's like our walk with God, that that there isn't a distance that, 
that we can travel that Jesus wouldn't go with us. You know what I mean? He's willing to go the distance is what I'm trying to say. Our relationship with God can be strengthened and he'll, he's not afraid to, to go, the, go an extra mile with us. And that really spoke to my heart. Um, and then lastly, um, so they get into this and they find a hotel room or an inn and they're, they're having some supper and then all of a sudden Jesus opens his eyes to their eyes to who he is. And, and then he disappears. Like that, I mean, how cool would that be? Who, you know what I mean? How, that would be cool, right? So then, they look at one another and they're like, they're like, did not our heart burn as he opened the scriptures to us? And, and, and that's like that story around the camp where my heart was burning last night, just the fun and fellowship. But notice that in that scripture, he says heart. He says does not, did not our heart burn? And that's the homework for today. You can look, at, look in Luke 24 and read that story on the road to Emmaus and, and, and really just, they, they, they were lit up. Jesus lit them up. And, and they really strength, he really strengthened their relationship. And uh, so they ended up going back to Jerusalem and telling their buddies about it. And then Jesus showed up again. It's, it's a really cool, really cool story. But, um, so how do we stay on the path? How do we stay on the right path? Um, number one, we stay, in, we stay in God's Word. It's critical that, that we read our Bible each and every day. Um, the Bible says that God's Word is a lamp unto our feet. You know, it, it's a light unto our path. We need to be in, in Scripture each and every day so that, and honestly, I'm guilty of not reading God's Word all the time, but like this week with this messages and this month of preaching that I have, I'm in God's Word steady, and it's been, it's been awesome. And, you know, I would read my, my, you know, my daily scripture on my Bible app, and I, I, I would read my Bible on my, on my smartphone. But I got, you know, you know, just sheets, paper, just a paper Bible. I haven't read, you know, in, it's been a while, months, where I've just actually opened the pages of God's Bible, you know, the Word of God, and just combed through it. And it was, it was really refreshing. It was long enough to know that just pouring over the scriptures and trying to cross-reference things, and it was, it was deep. It was rich. Um, number two, be in prayer. We want to be in prayer daily. Um, in Luke twenty-two thirty-nine, it says, uh, Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed to, and his disciples also followed him. Jesus, before his crucifixion, went to the Garden of Gethsemane, the Mount of Olives, and prayed, and and the scripture says it was as he was accustomed to. This is something that Jesus did each and every day, where he would withdraw, withdraw from everything and everyone, and he would pray with his Father. He would pray to God, and he would just he would etch out that time each and every day. And that's something that we need to be practicing each and every day. We need to take our time and 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 blaze that path like that grizzly bear path. It's my prayer time. I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to give God this day and I'm going to I'm going to pray and I'm going to go back and forth and eventually that path wears down. It, it it becomes straighter. It's easier to follow. It's a habit. It's a routine. You guys, you know what I'm what I'm talking about? Reach. I mean, this is basic Christian stuff, right? You tell a six year old that, but so I just want to encourage you to get to do that. Um, 
Uh, and then it says in Luke 22, 46, and he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. You know, Jesus went a stone's throw away to pray in the garden, and his disciples were, were over, and they ended up falling asleep because they were just, they're exhausted. And, and, and it's interesting that uh, reading God's word in prayer um, helps us with temptation. And, and it's one of those things that if you're, you're struggling with an addiction, um, we need to be constantly in prayer and, and, and reading God's word. Um, point number three, hang out with believers. Don't forsake the fellowship. Basically, come to church. And Pastor John was famous for that. He was famous for, if the doors were open, you should be here. You know. And uh, I just want to encourage you to, to get around like-minded believers that are in your circles and to, to really just, you know, draw near to each other, discipleship each other, just, have, just hang out. I mean, it's, there's something awesome that happens when, when like-minded believers just hang out. I mean, ideas are drawn, you know, uh, jokes are made. I mean, we had such a blast this weekend. So I could just want to encourage you to do that. Uh, number four, be an imitator. Be somebody like, you know, basically that, you know, imitate somebody. Be, be, be somebody that, find somebody in your life, is what I'm trying to say. Find somebody in your life that is, you know, like Jesus, like Paul, that, that, that believer that's a little bit farther ahead of you, and just imitate that. If it's spot on, just imitate it. Do what they're doing. If you want to be rich, do what rich people are doing. If you want to be poor, do what poor people are doing, you know? Live check to check, borrow as much money as you can, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's real simple. If you want to get in shape, find somebody that's in shape and, and, and do what they're doing. Emulate it. It's the same thing. It's our same thing with our walk with God. Find somebody that is, you know, maybe it's a podcast. I listen to a ton of podcasts at work, and there's a few guys that I just love to listen to, and they give me all kinds of ideas and, and encouragement throughout that day and the message is just it's, it's enriching and then lastly be uh, be imitated be the kind of person that somebody's walking up to you and saying man I want to I want to be like that I want to be what I want to do what you're doing how did you do that how, how is it that your marriage is so strong how is it that you're you know you got so much money at the end of your month <laughs> What is it that you're doing in your life that can be imitated and strengthen that? I mean, we should always, we should have somebody behind us, you know, helping them along, and we should be, have somebody ahead of us helping us along, like that wolf picture, you know, and, and, that, and just being together. So in closing, where do you find yourself on the path? Are you surrounded by like-minded believers? Are you close to God, or are you following at a distance? Do you feel lost and alone? Uh, no matter what direction you go, you are leaving a trail. And I just want to close with this, and Tommy, you can come up, strum some guitar. But no matter where you, you know, you're on a path going somewhere. And I just want to challenge you guys to just ask you, hey, where are you headed? You know, where are you now on your path? in your relationship with God? Are you, are you in the ditch? Are you completely lost and stuck and broke down? 
Are you on God's path, headed towards Jesus? Are you, are you by his side? Are you following Jesus at a distance? Or are, is he by your side? You know, and if you find yourself this morning lost and alone, I'm telling you that there is hope. There's people in here that love you and want to encourage you. There's a, a God that died on the cross. He was so crazy about you that he gave his life for you. So I want to just, with all eyes open, all heads up, is there anybody here that's just like, I'm stuck, I need Jesus. I need, are you, is there anybody here brave enough to just say, hey, I want, I want to start a journey with this Jesus you're talking about. Is there anybody here? And I, I said this at the campfire, and all these kids were just, they didn't, nobody raised their hand. And I'm like, I'm perfectly okay with that. But I want to just at least every week give somebody an opportunity to, to begin. You know, just like I invite somebody to come to church. If they say no or don't show up, I'm not hurt at all. I mean, I'd love to have them here, but hey. But we have to give people an opportunity to say no to us. Amen? And we got to start practicing that as, as a church, as people, a body of Christ. So one last time, is there anybody that's just like, man, I'm stuck? afraid, I'm alone, I don't know what to do, I'm following God at a distance, I need God, I need help, nobody, alright, amen, that's good, so you're all saved, and we're all going to go to heaven, it's all going to be a good thing, but, alright, let's pray, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for blazing a trail that we can get to heaven one day, I thank you that you make our paths straight. Lord, I just pray, God, that if we all have people in our lives and, and family members and, and friends that, that don't have a relationship that we have, and I just pray, Lord God, that you would use us, that we would be that light, that we would be that guide on the path, drawing them closer to you. And I just thank you, God, for the opportunity that we have each and every day to live for you. And I would just encourage, help us to help us to live for that to draw closer to you Lord in Jesus name I pray Amen